Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Football Focast, brought to you by the FOE Podcast. I am your temporary host, Josh Ho, aka the real Josh H. I am, I guess, getting my own singles push because my partner Matt is currently on the injured list. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, J underscore H O three four, and Instagram, Young underscore Stove underscore ninety four, and you can follow me on Facebook by my name. Uh, today I'm going to be hosting my own show. Like I said, Matt's on the injured list, and it's going to be it's probably going to be a shorter episode just because we don't have the back and forth going on, but that's going to be okay. We are going to start off today with everyone's favorite grandpa, Tom Brady. Brady and the Bucks lost on Monday night to the Rams 27-24. And I just want to say Tom Brady has been struggling as of late, but people don't want to admit it. I'm going to read off read off a stat here. In his last games, mind you, a 1 and 2 overall record, Brady has thrown 5 touchdowns and 5 picks. That doesn't sound very goat-like to me. It really doesn't. Oh, you go through and you see that the Bucks are currently seven and four. Their four losses came to the Saints, the Bears. They should have lost to the Giants, but that's topic for another day. They lost to the Saints again in a complete blowout and just lost to the Rams. <clears throat> what these teams have in common here is they all have a good pass rush. What we're learning is Tom Brady is the quote unquote GOAT but he can't beat a good pass rush. I don't <clears throat> I don't understand that. Tom Brady cannot beat a good defense. The best defense he's defeated was the Chargers back in week 4 and they're currently ranked 10th. I'm not too sure what they're ranked at the time. But yeah, Tom Brady is absolute dog shit against a good pass rush. And that doesn't sound like the best of all time to me. I don't know about you guys. I'm taking a look at the rest of the Tampa Bay schedule here. This week, they're at home against Kansas City. We all know how that's going to turn out. Mahomes is going to wipe the floor with him. They're on a bye next week. And then they're back at home against the Vikings. I think that one could be a little iffy. With uh, Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins playing efficient. Then they're at the Atlanta Falcons, at the Detroit Lions, and Week 17 at home against Atlanta again. I don't think there's a doubt. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think there's a doubt they're going to beat the Lions. Part of me really thinks that the Falcons can split with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So going by, going by that, I think that they could finish two and three which will leave Tampa Bay with a 9-7 and seven record. And in the NFC, I think that could leave them on the outside of the playoffs. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Like I was saying, Tom Brady has been struggling really badly. But you know who didn't struggle last week? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, in his debut game last week, went 18 of 23. Completed 78% of his passes for 223 yards. He had 10 rushes for 51 and two touchdowns. That is a pretty damn good debut. 
Michael Thomas got his with nine catches, 104 yards, which you can kind of call him like a safety blanket or a cheat code with Michael Thomas just because he's one of the best receivers in the league. But he was still able to feed him. And you also got to keep in mind that it was the Atlanta Falcons. As of now, they're currently ranked 31st against the pass. So maybe there's a little bit of an asterisk. But either way, he's, he's, I believe, 30 years old. And he is the oldest quarterback to ever make his first start. That's pretty crazy. Next week, Taysom Hill and the Saints are at the Broncos, who are 4-6 and six and just came off of an upset against Miami. They racked up six sacks. And I think the matchup to watch there will be Taysom Hill against safety Justin Simmons. This year, he has four interceptions. Justin Simmons does. And he has at least three in each of the last three years. So that will be a really interesting matchup. And you also got to look out for pass rusher Bradley Chubb. In the last seven games, he has picked up six and a half sacks. I do believe that he will get at least one more uh, this Sunday. And that's going to be that's going to be really interesting to see. Like I said in the beginning, this is probably going to be a shorter episode. So we're already moving on to the third topic. And this one's going to be a really quick one. What happens first? The undefeated Steelers lose a game or the winless Jets win a game. This is a really tough one. It's such a cop out for me to say, you know, maybe this happens or maybe that happens. But I think a lot of this depends on depends on the team's mindsets. If the Steelers really want that 16 to 0, they very well could get it. I do have the week 16 matchup against the Colts. I think that one is definitely in doubt. But other than that, the only games that I can really see possibly going wrong for Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh being at Baltimore. That one just got postponed, so I believe it's still happening on Sunday. Or week 14 at Buffalo. I know we always crap on Josh Allen, Mr. Mobile Joe Flacco himself. But you never know. It could happen. On the Jets side, they could defeat Miami this week. Tua shook up from the Broncos game uh, last week. You know, the Jets could take advantage of that and sneak off a division win. It also could happen week 16 when they're against the Browns. Just because we don't know 100% for sure what Baker Mayfield is. I really want to believe in him. I really do. But he is way too hot and cold. Way too up and down. You never know what's going to happen with him. With Nick Chubb back, if the Browns want to run their game plan like they need to, run through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the Browns could be really dangerous especially come playoff time but if baker mayfield becomes baker mayfield hulu baker you know the the jets very well could pull an upset week 16 and another another asterisk here i think that once as soon as they fire adam gase 
whenever that is, you know, next week, week 15, who knows? Once they fire Adam Gase, I I believe they have a much better chance of getting their first win. Gase is such a bad coach. Such a bad coach. But he's still hanging around right now, so as long as he's there, that's another opponent that the Jets roster has to fight off come Sundays. All right, moving on. I have some injuries. We're going to start with the big one. Rookie of the year. Probably for sure. Or it would be. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow down with a torn ACL and MCL. He is done for the year. Wish him nothing but the best. This... It really just sucks. Uh, the Patriots running back, Rex Burkhead. I didn't see exactly what the injury was, but he has a knee injury. He is also done for the season. The Houston Texans, they will be without two receivers. Randall Cobb, he's placed on IR with a toe injury. And Kenny Stills, he is out this week with a leg. Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones with a hamstring injury. As of now, he is questionable for this week. Jets running back LaMichael P. Ryan with a high ankle sprain. He's in place on IR, which means great-great-grandpa Frank Gore is getting all the workload, like always, right? Like he should have retired like 30 years ago. Uh, we got... Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen, he is on the COVID list. Uh, They're waiting for more test results right now. We'll have to see what the results are of that. But I do believe he is probably out this week. And then we got the Ravens there without both Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. Also because of COVID. A couple of last minute uh, starter depth chart changes we got brandon allen from the Bengals starting over ryan finley against the giants this week and then we got mike glennon over jake luton for the jaguars in their home game against the browns i like brandon allen you know he used to be he was a, a backup for denver last year he wasn't too bad he wasn't great but you know, he provided a spark when we needed it. He can make some plays with his legs. I think this is the right move for the Bengals. And he provides more of a more of a threat to the Giants than they would have with uh, Ryan Finley. Mike Glennon, I forgot he was even in the league. I, I don't know. It's really, really impressive how Mike Glennon can be sticking around for so long. And make so much money for doing absolutely nothing. If there was a Hall of Fame for holding a clipboard, Mike Glennon will be first ballad, no doubt. All right, we are now getting into our quick picks. Game of the week for me, I have the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots. This will be a really good game because we have... The trio of Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Christian Kirk. I believe that Stephon Gilmore will probably shadow Hopkins throughout most of this game. And my prediction is that Christian Kirk has a career game. 
he absolutely kills it. And that will eventually help lead the Arizona Cardinals to a victory, 34-24. My lock of the week is the Green Bay Packers over the Chicago Bears. The Bears are just not good on offense, period, other than Al Robinson. The Bears, who, who's, who are they going to play at quarterback? You know, Nick Foles is garbage. Mitchell Trubisky. I don't even need to say anything else about that. And then who's left? Tyler Bray. Who the hell is Tyler Bray? <laughs> Their running backs are pretty trash too. Tariq Cohen was the only running back the Bears have that is actually good. And he's been on IR since like week three. David Montgomery hasn't been doing nothing. Is his career average? I I don't think this is accurate, but it's something like two yards a carry. He is not exciting. He is not a threat to break away any play. If anything, he's probably more likely to lose 10 than gain 10 on any given handoff. Aaron Rodgers, he's firmly in the MVP race. I I don't think it's too much of a too much of a competition. Patrick Mahomes is running away with this thing. But Rodgers is averaging 280 yards per game and he has a 29 to 4 touchdown interception ratio. 29 to 4. And two of those four came in that one crazy game against Tampa. So that's just insane. And Alan Lazard is I think he was back last week. But now he's getting more, you know, reacquainted, readjusted with this offense. So I expect him to have a decent game, too. I have uh, Green Bay winning this one 28 to 13. I don't have an upset of the week this week. Crazy. Uh, my only two potential ones would be the Patriots over Cardinals because Cardinals are favored by three or Tennessee over Indy. Matt would love that one. Uh, Indy is favored by three and a half. I think out of all all the games this week, Tennessee over Indy has the highest highest chance of actually coming away with an upset. <clears throat> Sorry about that. <clears throat> all right, now I have my stardoms and sitoms of this week. This week I only have three starts, and I have two sits. So. Don't hate me too hard for that. <clears throat> My first start, Cleveland running back Kareem Hunt at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are number 30 in points, points allowed on defense. The Jaguars defense is trash. They're 24th against the run. They're averaging 129 yards per game run against them. It's so bad. I'm not saying that this means to... Uh, start Kareem Hunt and bench Nick Chubb. I think that both both of these players will be a major major uh, force in this offense this week. But we've seen Kareem Hunt get plenty of plenty of carries when Nick Chubb's not around. So I definitely expect Kareem Hunt to have a nice game. My second start is running back Gus Edwards from the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I said earlier. Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are out this week. Uh, there's 
a rushing quarterback, when you have a running quarterback, it helps a lot with your power backs. Just because you can't strictly commit, you know, to taking out the power back because the quarterback's there and he can run. And just an example of that is Alfred Morris when he was in Washington with RG3. Alfred Morris was never a actual good running back. Let's be real. But I believe he I believe he gained like eleven hundred yards or twelve hundred yards or something like that in his rookie year. So that just goes to show if you have a rushing quarterback, you are much more likely to have a good game on the ground. Also, week eight, last time these two teams met, Baltimore picked up two hundred and sixty five yards on the ground. So just because Pittsburgh has a great defense, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't pick up rushing yards on this team. Baltimore did that already. My third start is Matt's boy, wide receiver Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Julio Jones is dealing with his hamstring injury right now, and Matt Ryan really needs another target other than Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage, we've seen that he can be really productive. Matt Ryan trusts him. And he's just straight up, he's a good player. He's a very good player. So he's going to get targets. Russell Gage is going to make make the best of them. And he's going to have a nice game. The Raiders are 28th against the pass, and they're allowing 273 yards per game. I could easily see maybe six catches for 80 yards for Russell Gage. Maybe a score, maybe not. Who knows? But either way, Gage is going to have a good fantasy day. My two sits, I got Tampa Bay running back Ronald Jones versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be more of a shootout and that means you know obviously more targets less less rush attempts and Ronald Jones isn't a very good pass catching running back anyway I know we just saw Leonard Fournette drop three passes on Monday night but Ronald Jones isn't much of a pass catcher himself we're gonna see Tom Brady spread out the ball as much as he can to his you know receivers and his and uh, Gronkowski, and I, I don't see Ronald Jones getting that many opportunities in this game. And also, in the last five games, four, four of the last five games, Ronald Jones has rushed for, ready for this, a grand total of thirty-four yards or less. I'll say that again. Ronald Jones has rushed for 34 yards or less in four of the last five games. The one game he didn't is when he broke off the 98-yard touchdown run, which was impressive. It was definitely impressive. But other than that one game, he's been complete shit. There's not really any other way to say it. My other, my last sit of the week is Damian Harris, Patriots running back against the Cardinals. You would think that with the injury to Rex Burkhead, this would you know, open up more opportunities for Damian Harris, but we saw James White getting more usage. 
And we all know that James White is the exact opposite of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. He is a fantastic pass catcher. So we've seen Cam Newton. I believe he had nine targets last week. So we've, you know, we've seen Cam Newton targeting James White recently. So I do believe that White will cut in some of Damian Harris's work. And, you know, that necessarily means that Damian Harris won't produce as much. Hang on just a second. <clears throat> All righty. I'm on to my final topic of the show. So Monday night, the Rams beat the Bucks, And we saw, for the second time this year, Tom Brady snubbed Jared Goff. Tom Brady did not shake Goff's hand in the middle of the field. Let, let me read something off to you. Two Super Bowls, Tom Brady lost Eli Manning. Didn't shake Eli's hand. He lost Super Bowl to Nick Foles. Didn't shake his hand. He lost to Nick Foles in Chicago earlier this season. Didn't shake his hand. And now he loses to Jared Goff and doesn't shake his hand. People are defending him. I don't understand this at all. People are defending Tom Brady. Saying that, you know, I don't understand the COVID excuse, honestly. Because if that were true, first of all, we wouldn't be playing football, period. You know, everybody is face-to-face with each other throughout this whole game, every week. And, you know, no one says anything about it. And then you have guys like Drew Brees. He'll go to the center of the field to shake Drew Brees' hand. He'll go to the middle of the field to shake Aaron Rodgers' hand. Could you imagine if Cam Newton refused to shake people's hands? Cam Newton... Lost Super Bowl 50 to my Broncos. And obviously he was upset. I will be upset too. In the in the post-game press conference, he couldn't do it. You know, he ended up walking, walking off, and everybody ate him up for it. For losing the Super Bowl. He just won MVP of 2015. He was riding high. And then the Panthers lost in the Super Bowl. Understandable. You'd be pissed off. But to... This was a regular season game. Uh, earlier, earlier on against the Bears, it's a regular season game. And you don't shake your opponent's hand. That's just pissing me off. Tom... Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. This man is a poor sport, a sore loser, and a baby. And I will end it on this. For everybody listening, Tom Brady is a little bitch. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs>